Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Happy Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew. On this podcast, I talk health and well-being Mondays and Thursdays. 320 plus episodes in the Happy Habit Archive. If you're new, welcome along. If you're coming back, thank you for returning. And thank you for the great response, certainly judging by the downloads, in relation to some of the recent interviews on the podcast. Do check them out. The last one that I did was with Professor Robert Lustig. And the one prior to that was with Dr. Nate Zinzer. Some really interesting interviews. And there are lots and lots in there in the over 320 episodes in the archive. Do check them out. If you're getting value from this series, please like, subscribe, share, tell people, friends and family alike of the podcast and do leave the podcast a positive review. At some point in life, you will feel stuck and in need of a change, be it in your relationship, your career, your levels of stress or your all-round levels of happiness. Ordinarily, when we want to feel unstuck and want to bring about a change, we seek to control our circumstances. But... John Perkis' book, The Power of Letting Go, suggests that instead of fixating on controlling what's happening in our lives, we in fact should let go. In doing so, he argues that when we go with the flow, we don't resist life events. Our stress levels fall and our intuition guides us in the right direction. Perkis is a proponent of Far Eastern philosophies like the Vedic traditions of mindfulness and yoga, where the brain and body are considered to have an innate intelligence, that we are part of the universe, or as he calls it, existence, and that we should seek to flow with existence rather than against it. Once we let go the belief that we are separate from existence, the more things will flow for you and the better life will become. Resistance comes in many forms, but generally, when we want to bring about change in our lives, it relates to things you wanted to happen that have happened, things you didn't want to happen which have happened, or things you want to happen which haven't happened quite yet. And this could relate to areas in your life like your health, relationships, money or career. Now, the reasons we get stuck in any area of our life is down to what the author calls pain patterns, and more on this later. So once you let go of the ego, there's no more forcing things to happen. There's no resistance. Your intuition takes over and you will take the right direction at the right time. Letting go doesn't equate to giving up. You might in fact find you are taking considerably more action than before. So what does letting go look like? Well, first you let go of thoughts, judgments, labels, instead becoming an observer to events. Secondly, you let go of pain prompted by endless negative thoughts. And thirdly, you surrender to your innate intelligence that draws you into the present instead of focusing on the past or future. The benefits of letting go are many-fold. You'll feel more relaxed, more creative, you'll take the right action, stress levels will fall, and your relationships and health will also improve. Here's the thing about letting go. You have already let go many times in your life. Just think about how you feel the moment you wake after really good sleep. For several moments at least, you have no thoughts clouding your brain. Or... When you witness a marvellous, awe-inspiring sunset, you don't think you simply become a witness. 
or you are completely absorbed in an activity you enjoy. When this happens, you aren't thinking. You are just in a state of flow. So we're used to experiencing times when we aren't resisting or trying to control things. Times when we simply let go and go with the flow. But most of the time we are trying to control things we can't and we are frustrated and stressed with our minds full of thoughts. The first thing to letting go is that we are present. This is essential. Remember, you're present in body all the time. It's your mind, your attention and your thoughts that keep wandering. Simply bring this back to the present. If this reminds you of meditation, you would be correct. In meditation, we bring our attention to the breath. And when our attention wanders, we focus once more on the breath. We don't judge ourselves when our mind wanders. We simply refocus on our breath. We can extend this to focus on all of our senses. We feel the air on our face, the weight of our body on our chair. We listen to the sounds around us and we feel the touch of the ground beneath our feet. We make the mistake in believing we are our thoughts. We identify with our thoughts, but this is a huge error. When we allow ourselves to be defined by our thoughts, we let them control us and we get into trouble as a result. The key is to stand back from our thoughts and simply observe them as they come and go. And think about it, if you are able to observe something, that means that something isn't you. The more present you are, the easier it is to observe thoughts and then decide if you are going to act on them. Stress is really us resisting what is. So we observe what is happening. We judge it as wrong and we become frustrated. Being present helps us let go of fear. It helps us stay safe and it helps us stay relaxed in the face of frustration. And when we react less to other people's moods, we gain from better relationships. So when someone starts criticising you, simply stand back and watch the thoughts and emotions come and go. You don't need to buy into the drama. This is so much more calming than how we conventionally react. Being present will also improve one's relationships as we become better listeners and have more empathy. The author tells us that we simply are and that we should simply let ourselves be. As babies, we simply are, but as we grow, we begin to identify with all sorts of things. We accumulate thoughts on everything, opinions, judgments, labels, biases, and we become obsessed with change, control, and we become fearful of change and of death. But we are none of these things we identify with. We are simply pure consciousness. Once we have learned to be present and observe our thoughts, we can start to let go of them. We are all familiar with having recurring thoughts about the past, the future, worries, labels, expectations, comparisons, opinions. All of these things stop us from seeing what is actually happening and prevent us from exploring new opportunities. Letting go of the past creates space for new things to happen in the present. When we identify with the past, we dwell on it, which makes it very difficult to change anything. So we must let go of experiences we have had and open our minds. 
We must also let go of the future, because in reality it's only our ego that is worried about the future. We can't be present if we are worried about events that haven't happened yet. Let go of the stories you tell yourself about yourself. Stories like, I'm a loser, I'm a victim, I'm too old, or I'm too young. We tell ourselves these negative stories and we believe them, but let them go. We believe them because we get some sort of short-term comfort or payoff, but in reality, they are costing us. Determine for you what the benefit of letting go of these stories or limiting beliefs are. These stories are simply negative mental chatter. We can also let go of labels and labels we give other people, like he's a winner, he's a loser, he's a victim, I'm a victim. When we drop labels, we open the door to seeing people in a new light, indeed as they really are, instead of how we think they are. So keep an open mind and be curious. Labels are similar to judgments, which are also destructive ways of looking at the world. If you judge, you suffer. Judgments are thus futile. If you are present, though, you can in fact observe judgments and labels appearing and disappearing from your mind. In the same way, let go of the need to be right, which seems to be a preoccupation these days for many people, especially when they are using social media and find themselves at odds with the viewpoint of another person they have never even met. Let go of your attachment to your opinions. Be open to seeing another person's point of view. Let go of drawing conclusions. Let go of shoulds or musts. I should be married, or I should be wealthy by now, or I should own my own home. Examine where these conclusions and shoulds came from. Shake off these shoulds and come back to the present. Let go of expectations, because when you do, you allow people and situations to change. And still remain calm, and we take the right course of action at the right time as a result. Let go of the need to know. So often we fight to know everything because not knowing is seen as failure. But clinging to this need to know or clinging to what we know through experience fails to allow us to see what is actually happening in the present. We don't need to know what's going to happen in the future. It's not possible anyway, so focus on the present. Plus, admitting you don't know something can lead to a major breakthrough. Let go of your plans. This sounds controversial, I know, but it makes sense in the context of the theme of this book. Planning makes sense. It's sensible, but some of us become so anxious about the future that we try to plan everything. When we cling too tightly to our plans, we prevent something much bigger and better from happening. Our old friend Gratitude rears its head once more in this book. Complaining is a mental habit that keeps us stuck. The author tells us to replace complaining with being grateful. Instead of worrying about what's going to happen or what has happened, it's far better to be grateful for what is happening right now. Some people flow with life and are grateful. Others fight life because they are so focused on what they are missing. The author is a big fan of the word appreciate, which he likes to write on sticky notes and posts around his office and home. Appreciation will improve your relationships. 
You see, many of us try to fix our partner because we are focused on what we deem to be their negative traits. And when we focus on something, we usually see more of it. But instead, we can focus on the positive traits of our partner and tell them, this enhances our relationship in immeasurable ways and reduces conflict. Think about it. You would rather hear compliments than criticisms yourself. We can practice gratitude each evening by noting what we are grateful for that day. We can pay attention to the things we appreciate in our lives, which will transform our relationship with them and with life. A key chapter in the book relates to letting go of the pain from the past that runs your life today. It's the author's belief that painful situations in our past create the way we view ourselves and our relationship with the world years later. They arise as pain patterns or incompletions, as he calls them. For example, a schoolteacher asks a five-year-old a question in class, but she gets it wrong. Her classmates laugh and she's embarrassed. Twenty years later, that same girl, now an adult, fears public speaking because of the deep-seated and long-standing pain pattern associated with speaking in front of others. She avoids public speaking and is crippled with fear when it's mentioned. The technique for letting go of pain patterns is called completion. This involves reliving the initial painful experience multiple times to take the heat and the emotion and intensity out of it, or relieve it. So we relive to relieve. Once we relive the experience several times, we get bored of it and it loses its power over us. These pain patterns can heavily influence our image of ourselves, or the story we tell ourselves about us. And yet they aren't accurate. Alas, we often live by them. So it's crucial we continue to liberate ourselves from these misleading stories by resolving the origin of the pain. Completion requires being conscious of what is going on inside us and dealing with it. Letting go completely is far more productive than trying to control everything and everyone, and it has the power to transform your life. Surrendering is like you're clinging to the bank of a river, and you let go and flow with the water. It's easy. You travel great distances with hardly any effort, instead of fighting to remain stuck in the same place on the bank. To help us surrender, we must stop relying on our brains to figure everything out for us and lean on our intuition. The author believes that we either let go ourselves or life pushes us to let go. When you surrender, you divest yourself of the stories you tell yourself about you. When we let go, things fall into place as life unfolds naturally. Now, don't make the mistake of thinking that surrendering is the same as giving up or doing nothing. It simply means we stop trying to force the world to conform to our fixed ideas of how everything should be. Once you surrender, your intuition will tell you what to do. Your mind will become quieter, you'll stop fantasizing about the future or reminiscing about the past. You'll be present. Let's finally talk about turning your desires into reality by letting go. Well, first, let's look at what desires are and where they might come from. Many desires come from the ego. We seek them for reputational reasons. 
we want to look good, but these desires are hollow and they are based on other people's perceptions of us. Then there are borrowed desires, like a big car or house, which are part of our social conditioning. Once we remove ego-based and borrowed desires, we are left with desires that arise naturally. Why don't our natural desires happen for us? Well, because of the pain patterns or incompletions we spoke about earlier. They contaminate the story we tell ourselves about us, and they contaminate our desires. We must exercise the pain pattern so that we can free ourselves from our fixed ideas about us. Once we have done this, we can be clear about what we want. And we can be open about how that thing comes about. I love the line in the book, don't cling to anyone or anything. Allow other people to follow their own path. Usually when we want something to happen, we set a goal. We establish a plan. We take lots of action. And if the plan doesn't work, we go back to the drawing board and start all over again. But the author suggests a different way. When you have an idea for something you want to happen, write it down. Turn inwards and listen to your mind telling you all the reasons why you can't have it. Go back and identify the painful experiences creating this resistance from your past and surrender and follow your intuition which will tell you what to do. I love the idea that we are constantly at war with ourselves and life and that we resist and try to force life, events and people to bend to our will. I'm reminded, funny enough, of the TV programme Big Brother. The winner each season, more often than not, was the person who got along with everyone and caused the least conflict and friction. Whereas the strong personalities who threw their weight around trying to force people to bend to their ways of thinking were voted out sooner or later. There's a beautiful simplicity and calmness about letting the present moment be experienced without friction and not being so emotionally invested in everything we want to happen. Today we are told we can be everything and anything we want to be and perhaps that is true but we may get there in a roundabout way and not by taking the straight path we want to take as long as we accept this. And as long as we surrender total control of our path, we can live more harmoniously with what life throws our way. It's not life events that are the problem, it's our response to life events that ail us. Once we know this and accept this, life as the author spells out so well, life becomes more about enjoyment rather than endurance. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. If you're enjoying tuning in, please like, subscribe, share and leave us a positive review. It helps us out immensely. Until next time, stay happy. Music.